Welcome back to Irons Overland. Happy Friday to everybody. I hope you've got some fantastic plans for this weekend. And hopefully they involve some sort of camping, off-roading, or really whatever you want to do. So today's episode is going to be slightly different. Um, If you haven't noticed by now, it's just me here. Sean is not with us. We've got kind of a conflict of our schedules this week, and he was feeling slightly under the weather the day we were supposed to record originally. So y'all are stuck with me for today. Um, Our next episode is going to be a little bit different as well, since we are headed to the Ozarks this weekend, and we will be filming a whole bunch of footage there to hopefully get up on YouTube finally and have that be more than just podcast episodes where you're just looking at our logo and we have some actual videos. I think he did a walk around of his truck. I'm going to do one of mine as well. And then, like I said, we're going to just film as much as we can while we're off-roading and overlanding and camping and everything. And hopefully that'll be some stuff that you all want to watch. Today, I am going to talk about 10 things that I personally think are necessary or needed to go overlanding. And of course, since this is an overland podcast, we're focusing on only overland stuff, but I mean, this can really be used for, for everything, not just overlanding. You could probably do it for camping, you know, just a regular weekend trip. Some of the stuff's going to be more catered down to overlanding though. So like I said, this is a list of 10 different things I think are needed. And I pretty much always have with me. I've made it a, a, uh, point to make sure that I have all this stuff because if I don't I feel like there could be something that could happen and I'm I'm pretty much just screwed. I have these in in no particular order by any means so don't think that number one is the most important or number 10 is the least important. This is just a random thrown together list that I've got. So the first thing that I feel like you need to have is some sort of map or mapping system. So by that I mean you can have an old school road atlas Um, You can print off some paper maps if you want. I don't know if people are really doing that anymore since we have GPSs now. Um, And I don't know how many of y'all have actually been to any national forests, national parks, uh, things like that. They usually will have some sort of trail guide at their welcome centers, campsites, etc. I know it's true, at least for Land Between the Lakes in Kentucky and Tennessee. They've got Turkey Bay OHV trail maps as well as some other stuff from the park. Now, this isn't going to give you a ton of off-road trails usually, but it'll give you a nice start to actually be able to get through some of these areas you're going to. Now, you're not always going to be able to see a trail map for everywhere you're going. Some places, you know, are just public land that you found trails on, you know, things like that. Um, You can also, like I said, road atlas. You can still buy those. You can still use them. They're very good for your main roadways. So if you're traveling, for instance, let's say for me, Tennessee to Colorado, I might not even need to use a GPS. I can just look at that road atlas the whole time. It's always really nice to have that paper copy just because if your technology goes down, you have no cell service, you didn't download any of your maps, at least now you're not flying blind. Um, There's also some people that have mapped out trails themselves off-road and have kind of marked them down and they sell paper copies or GPS files. So that's true for the Trans-American Trail. So the Trans-American Trail, you can go on their website and purchase GPS files, or you can purchase an actual paper map that they'll send to you, which is really nice, again, to have. Now, if you don't want paper, if you don't really care to deal with that, or you can't find what you need, obviously you've got GPS or GPX. So the GPS, everybody knows that's on our phones, in our cars, everything. 
you know, you're going to use that for your day-to-day travels. You're going to use that for your major roadways and even some of the smaller roadways, and that'll get you from point A to point B. Now, your GPX files, um, and I, I'm sure there's other formats you can get them on, but GPX is what most people are using right now because that's the apps like Gaia and Onyx. So your GPX files are going to be more off-road oriented. Um, they do have hiking and you know just uh, campsites, things like that. But I know that they've got specific OHV off-road trails you can find on there. So you use an app like Gaia or Onyx. I use Gaia. I haven't really used Onyx too much, so I can't say too much for it. But Gaia will let you download pretty much all the files that you have. You can map yourself as you're going. You can draw your own route, and it lets you download the entire area. So let's say you know we're going to the Ozarks tomorrow. There's a lot of areas without any service whatsoever. So I have all those trails downloaded on my phone so that when I do lose cell service, I still at least can map and see where I'm at. Now, you can also do that with your regular GPS, too, on your phone, at least. So you can go in and hit the three little dots the dots, and go to settings and download certain sections of your map so you can at least see that when you lose it, too. Um, but like I said, Gaia or Onyx are probably going to be your best bet for any kind of off-road related trails. And I do use Gaia quite a bit on a lot of our trails, have a lot of them saved, and I've marked a lot of points of interest from campsites we've gone to. It's... A pretty good app to use like i said i haven't used onyx very much so i can't tell you you know the pos the pros or cons compared to either one i just use gaia for now now number two i was going to say is recovery gear so now i know a lot of people are getting so caught up in this overland thing that you've got to get the max tracks traction boards and yada 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 now i did put traction boards under recovery gear because they are Recovery gear, obviously. Um, we've used knockoffs. I've never actually used the true Max tracks. Um, <clears throat> I do hear from a lot of folks that they are a lot more quality product than just the Amazon Special. You can pretty much plan on using it more than once without it cracking, breaking, you know, whatever. But the cheaper ones will work if you have a budget. But just know that they may break after the first use or while you're using it. So it may, this is one of those things that it may be worth it to go to a higher priced item with better reviews. But I will say that even having any traction boards whatsoever is probably a good idea, especially if you're going by yourself. Um, Obviously, the number one thing you can get is a winch. Now, not everybody's got a winch in their budget. Not everybody has a good spot to place their winch, but a winch is probably the number one recovery gear you can get because you can go by yourself you can help your friends out there's a lot of situations that you're not able to get pulled out or pull somebody else out if you don't have a winch because it's just adding that extra power while your truck is also trying to move and get itself out Um, i've used a winch in a lot of crazy situations and i've been so happy to have an actual winch but you know again that's that's they're pretty pricey items, so it might not be on the top of people's lists, but winch should definitely be pretty high up there for you. Now, besides just a winch, max traps, ma- uh, I'm sorry, max tracks or traction boards, you can get basic straps and a buddy. You know, like I said, sometimes that's not going to work to get you out, but at least you've got some way of recovery. So I've got a couple of big straps that will I can use that you know 20, 30 feet long, so I don't have to get close to me. They don't have to get in all the muck that I may be stuck in. I've got some tree savers. You always want to use a tree saver for your winches as well 
so that you're not, you know, tearing these trees up. We're, we're in nature. We're trying to take care of it while we're out there to enjoy it. Um, besides that, you can look at come-alongs. Uh, they're manual. It's like a winch, but a manual one. If you don't know what they are, look them up. It's a good just extra emergency tool to have. Now, they are going to be a lot more difficult to use just because it is manual. It's you actually cranking them down. It's not an electric motor like a winch is. But really, any piece of gear that you get for recovery is, is going to help you out at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what it is. Just get some sort of recovery gear to have on your rig because you don't want to be the one that's stuck out in the middle of nowhere and has to walk for miles or has some kind of major incident happen because you could not get your vehicle out. Plus, if you are somewhere that you have to call a tow truck or a tractor or whatever, it costs quite a bit of money. And that's a lot of uh, a lot of pride that takes a hit there, you know. So look into your recovery gear. Number three, uh, I think you need some kind of form of communication. Now, everybody's got a cell phone on them nowadays. It's great. You're going to be able to text, call, email, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, all that stuff. You'll be able to do that. But I will tell you, for people who haven't traveled a lot, there's quite a bit of this country, the United States, that isn't covered in very good cell service. I mean, you're going to be going into rural areas that don't have a lot of cell towers. Um, I can go right outside of my county in Tennessee and have zero cell signal. So that's, that's saying a lot since that's not even out in the wilderness. It's just a rural area, and there's a lot of rural areas in this country. Um, I don't know. I've never been into Canada. I don't know how bad they are, but I imagine there's spots just like us that they don't they can't get any cell service there. So cell phone is great to have, um, but I wouldn't have that as your only means of communication. Now, there's a couple of different options besides your cell phone. Um, I'm going to say the number one is going to be a satellite phone. Your satellite phone is going to have service. Uh, it's going to take longer to send a signal, obviously, since it's trying to gain that satellite signal. It's going to have to sit up, clear sky, things like that. But your satellite phone, a lot of them are built in with SOS buttons. So they'll call rescue, uh, emergency services to come help you out. They'll ping your location, and they're constantly updating You know, every 30, 60, 120 minutes to tell people, hey, this satellite phone has signal here. This is where these people are if there's an emergency. Um, the one that I have is a uh, Spot X. Uh, it works great. You know, I've used a Spot X a couple of times on some trips that just didn't have any cell service, and I was able to text my wife and say, "Hey, look, we're we're at camp. I'm safe. I love you. You know, I'll text you tomorrow when we get to camp again." Um, and it just gives you a little bit of peace of mind too. Besides, whoever you're talking to at home that. If something does happen, you've got that communication device that's pretty, I'm not going to say fail-proof, nothing's fail-proof, but it's pretty solid and you've got very good chances of it always working for you. Um, besides the satellite phone, you can look into CBs, GMSRs, ham radios, things like that. Now, those are going to be harder to communicate with. Um, a ham radio, obviously you need a license, take a class, things like that. Um, and not everybody is going to be on a ham radio, just like not everybody's going to be on a CB, not everybody's going to be on a GMSR, and they are limited in range by what you have. So if you've got a portable walkie-talkie, it may go a couple miles. Um, you know, some of them say five miles for that. Some CBs, I think every foot of antenna, the rule was basically you were going to get a mile or something like that. But it really depends on who's listening, what channel you're on, if you have enough power to transmit out to where somebody is listening. Now, a ham radio is going to be a better option than everything else of those choices because they are monitored. 
You do have to have a license. There's emergency channels, things like that. And I believe CBs and GMSR have maybe an emergency channel or have SOS options. But again, if you can't get your signal transmitted out far enough, what good is it going to do? So those are just some other things to look into. But communications are a really major thing as well, just like recovery, because you're out in the middle of nowhere doing some crazy things or in very rural areas that not a lot of people are around you. Emergencies do happen. As much as we like to think they're not going to happen to us, they, they do happen, and you're going to need a way to get out or communicate with somebody to get you out. Now, flowing into that kind of talk there, number four is a first aid kit for me. Now, you can go as basic or as advanced as you really feel the need to be. Some of the basic things I think you should have is some kind of trauma dressing. You need some 4 by 4s bandages, gauze, something like that, at least to dress a wound. So it's not just sitting there digging through the dirt, getting all nasty while you're trying to get out. Um, a tourniquet is honestly a really good thing to have because I've seen tourniquets save lives on EMS calls quite a few times. Um, and in the backwoods or you know rural areas where you're far from a hospital, it's it's, you know... That could definitely save your life if you have gotten an artery, if you're to the point where you need something to stop all this, the gauze isn't working, etc. Um, so I'd say a tourniquet's probably good to have. I definitely would bring some kind to, uh, I'm sorry, some kind of um, Benadryl, uh, bug bite stuff, uh, irritation rash, uh, poison ivy, something like some kind of stuff that will help with that. Um, I, knock on wood, haven't really had too many issues with poison oak, poison, poison ivy, uh, poison cermac. I, I don't know if I'm just really good at avoiding it, even though I don't really pay attention a lot of times, which I should pay more attention to, or if my body just is, is not immune to it but doesn't get as affected by it. Um, but I know a lot of folks that do have really bad uh, reactions to all that, and they tell me it's horrible and very miserable. So you definitely want some kind of treatment for that. Um if you've got any kind of medical needs, you need to bring your stuff with you. So like my wife has asthma and she's allergic to bees. So two really good things to be dealing with when you're in the middle of nowhere, far away from any kind of help. Make sure you have your EpiPen. Make sure you have your inhalers. Make sure you have something that's going to do immediate care to you now. Because when you're out that far, the only person you can count on is yourself. You're not going to have a chance to wait on an ambulance, a helicopter, you know, emergency response to get to you with certain illnesses, injuries, things like that. Just make sure that you've got something that is, is, is tailored to your situation or what you think you need, but bring some sort of first aid kit, something, some kind of medical supplies. And you don't have to be a paramedic, a doctor, a nurse to use a lot of this stuff. Just kind of research it. There's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of you know forums, information out there on the internet that you can pick up and learn and don't have to do any kind of formal study to at least be able to keep yourself relatively safe or at least stabilize yourself until you can get to you know, a higher level of care. Um, number five is probably the most obvious thing on this list is a way to sleep. You know, What are we doing in overlanding? We're taking our vehicles and we're trying to be self-sufficient for you know, days, weeks, months on end. We need somewhere to sleep. Um, I've got some friends that I've gone camping with or gone trips on that may not be fully prepared, may not have taken a lot of trips and not that uh, a sleeping arrangement has gone on a back burner for them, but they didn't think too much into it. And, you know, nobody wants to be out there and be super uncomfortable 
not getting a night's sleep, you know, then you're going to be just completely miserable when you're out there after you have a whole night of no sleep, being uncomfortable, your back, your legs, your joints are all hurting. Now you just want to go home. It kind of ruins the whole trip. You know, look into some kind of way to comfortably sleep. You know, if you're out in the elements, the rain, the heat, the cold, whatever, you know, make sure that you're prepared for that kind of stuff. Because a lot of these things, a lot of the weather can actually be very dangerous. You know, heat, extreme heat, extreme cold, um, flash floods, you've got winter storms that come in, you've got lightning storms. You know, if you go further out west, there's wildfires, there's things that you need to be prepared for. And, you know, there are a lot of sleeping arrangements that will definitely make your life much easier. So for me, currently I'm sleeping out of the uh, truck topper, the cap on the back of my truck. I've got a whole bed set up. Um, it's got some storage solution. I've got plastic bins under there. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but it's very comfortable. You know, I've got a four inch thick uh, memory foam pad that comes out. It's a futon mattress that can just be basically a chair or you can pull it all the way out to a bed and have two people sleep pretty comfortably. Um, my nights are very wonderful. The only issue I have is heat at this moment, and I don't feel like I want to spend a bunch of money for AC. And you've heard all those conversations on our past previous podcast episodes, so I'm not going to bore you with all that. But just figure out how you want to sleep outside. Tents are fine. You don't need to go super extreme and buy a rooftop tent or buy an off-road trailer or anything like that. You know, Find something that works for you, that you're comfy with, that you can afford that's not going to make you loathe going out and camping and overlanding all the time. We're, we're, this is something, this is our hobby. This is what we want to enjoy. Why, why make it less enjoyable when you have the actual power to improve your sleeping? Number six, I would say a fire starter. Um, there's all kinds of different fire starters out there. I mean, you can just bring your basic lighters. You can bring torches. You can bring actual fire starters. So you can go to Dick Sporting Goods, Academy Sports, you know, all those and find fire starters, like little boxes of fire starters in the camping section. So most of the time it's it's some kind of kindling or, you know, cardboard, stuff like that, that will go under the fire and start it, you know, the, the fire starters will catch on right away and they burn long enough where they'll start catching your wood, your logs, whatever you've got for your fire. You're not always going to be able to find a ton of kindling. There's going to be times where you're out camping and it's rained and now you have nothing dry and those fire starters are lifesavers, especially if it's cold or if you don't have a stove or something that you're cooking on and you're expecting to use that fire, you need a fire starter a lot of times. And I, I'm not one that's going to fault you and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, you did this the, you know, the new way you didn't go primitive or out camping. I, I don't care. You want to use flint and steel, go for it. I'm not going to, I have the option to buy lighters. I have enough storage in my truck. I have fire starters. I'm going to make my life easy. This goes back to sleeping. I'm not going to make myself more miserable. Now I won't lie and say that I've never tried to use, you know, the Flint steel stuff like that, but it, it's just easier to have lighters, fire starters, things like that. Find something that'll make your fire. And even if you're not going to use the fire, it's just really nice to sit and camp chair on a fire at the end of the day. It's just part of the experience. Number seven is I think honestly an overlooked tool and I used to overlook it as well. Ziggy, if you're listening, I don't want to hear about it because I know you proved it to me. Um, a hatchet or a machete. So I have been proven wrong that machetes can work just as good as hatchets, but I've also seen times when your hatchet is going to be better than your machete. There's personal preference out there. There are better options, better 
ways to go depending on what your plan is. But um, I used to have a hatchet. I lost it. I I need to find it again. But it was you know just a small little hatchet, had a hollow tube, hollow handle, and there was a little knife in there. That thing was the best the best thing ever. You know you could chop up enough small pieces of wood to start your fire. You had a knife if you needed to whittle anything. If you needed to cut stuff, just a little extra bit. It had enough weight that when you were swinging it, it was going to go through the wood. It wasn't going to tire you out a ton. I also have a machete um, that's got the serrated edge so you can saw through some wood. actually works really well, and I th- it's like a $10 Walmart cheap one. Um, it's got a compass on, in the handle. It's also got a hollow handle, and I put some matches in there in a waterproof bag, a compass on the bottom. So if I ever, for whatever reason, I'm lost and the only thing I have is a compass, at least, or the machete, at least I've got a compass and I've got some kind of survival tool. Um, but I would definitely get some kind of tool, hatchet, machete, whatever it be. Um, you'll use it a lot more than you think. Uh, I, I'm not saying for self-defense. I mean, I guess you could if you really needed to, if, if it got to that point, but it's a very useful tool to use. Plus for all you, uh, I guess girls could have read it too, but for me, I feel like it was a lot more of a boy thing. Who didn't read the book Hatchet in you know elementary school? That just makes you want to hatch it. Just from he survived in the Canadian wilderness, yada yada. But go get yourself a hatchet or machete. Number eight is kind of a weird one, I think. But I, once I describe it, I think you might agree with me. Um, garbage bags. So again, something I think is very overlooked. You know, we get the trash roos things like that. That's fine. That can be included. In, you know, put it on your spare tire. Um, it doesn't have to be an actual plastic garbage bag, canvas, something. But bring something to throw all your trash in. Don't don't be a jerk and throw it in the campfire. Don't be a jerk and throw it in the water or throw it in the woods, something like that. You know, we're out there to enjoy it. And the more people that throw garbage out there, it's just going to get trails closed down. It's going to get you know, make it's going to make nature not look pretty. Who wants to be at a campsite thinking it's the most beautiful thing, and as soon as you you settle in, you see garbage all over the place because the person before you was rude and just couldn't clean up after themselves. Um, on top of that, take the garbage bag and and if you see random garbage, man, just just put it in the garbage bag. It doesn't even have to be your garbage. Clean up. You know, we're all nature lovers. We all love overlanding because we get out into nature. We get to see a more primitive side of the world. We're getting away from society. Take that garbage with you. Bring the garbage. Clean it up. I, I try to make it a point to make sure that we're always cleaning up at campsites, on trails that we see garbage. I mean, it just leave it better than you saw it, okay? That's, that's my soapbox. Bring a garbage bag. Clean up after yourself. Um, another kind of obvious one is toilet paper. So, obviously, you're going to have to use... You're gonna, nature's going to call, and you're going to need a way to clean yourself up. Now... You might go a little bit more primitive and find different ways, but let me tell you, there are some things that you want to bring the comfort of home out to the woods with you. You know, I I know people like to use the the wipes. The wipes work great. Don't I'm not going to lie to you, but toilet paper is nice and it's paper. You know, it's definitely decomposable. Uh, it's I feel like it's a little bit easier to clean up than wipes, and it's something small that won't dry out. Like wipes, if you leave them open or use them enough, they're going to start drying out. Toilet paper is never going to be. It's never going to get expired or anything like that. And even if you're not camping, I don't know how many times I've gone to bathrooms and there has not been toilet paper in there. That is such a fear of mine. And I know I always have toilet paper in my truck, even on my regular day-to-day drives. Because, again, I've been to gas stations or whatever. I've had to go to the bathroom and they didn't have toilet paper. 
just it's not, it's not even that big a small roll just bring for emergencies have with you for your camping trips um, if you're at a campsite a lot of times again they don't have it just it's a nice thing just to have extra it's just one of those small things and number 10 and i lied when i said i made this list and it's no particular order this is the most important the pinnacle of camping the thing that you always have to have with you your whole trip will be ruined if you don't have it are you ready for it drum roll coffee coffee is my lifeblood you need to have coffee with you there's so many different ways to camp and have coffee you know there's the typical there's there's the really old school cowboy coffee where you can just put it in the skillet and boil your water and then try and strain it out while you dump it in tastes delicious there's pour over coffees now um i i think i just bought some to try on this trip called kaiju coffee it's almost looks like a tea filter or something sits on the edge of the cup you just pour boiling water through it and it filters it just like any other coffee would um you can get little portable camp coffee filters that you put your coffee grounds in there pull your boiling water through that's what we used on our kayak trip the last time i went out and it worked fantastic and tasted delicious um you've got aero presses french presses percolators i mean there's so many different ways and then recently i've been doing i've been steeping cold brew at my house and then i'll get a big you know one gallon thermos or half a gallon thermos and i'll dump it in there and then just throw that in my fridge for the trip and now i've got cold brew coffee i don't even have to worry about brewing anything i mean it's been hot in the south so obviously you might not want hot coffee but you need you need that coffee that that's right there up on the list i think that's super important and for all you non-coffee drinkers out there, you're wrong. Start drinking coffee. It's, it's very, very important, and you're not a real adult unless you drink coffee, let me tell you. And even if you're a little bit younger, it's okay. Coffee is delicious. Coffee, coffee is honestly good for you. You know what? Just keep drinking coffee all you can. So that's, that's pretty much my whole list there. Like I said, it's a, it's a pretty basic list. It's, it's just 10 things. You're not going to have a successful trip if you only bring those 10 things. But if you bring those 10 things, I think you're going to have a better trip or you're going to be well prepared for pretty much anything that's going to get thrown at you, especially the coffee. Um, now, like I said, I've kind of tried to give a couple options on most of the, the items I've put in here. Don't think that you have to get what you see on Instagram. You have to get what you see on social media, what all these people have in the magazines at these off-road trips, what everybody else has. Don't keep up with the Joneses. You can take a stock vehicle with you know, the most cheap basic tent and a super cheap sleeping bag and get the job done. You know, some of these other things are more of a luxury or are more expensive. I think they're, you know, pretty important. Like I said, the satellite phone, I think is a really good purchase. Those are on the higher end of price for sure. But again, it's, it's a, a big peace of mind, but you know, don't, don't think you have to spend all kinds of money to get out there and enjoy it. it, it it's about the experience, not the gear that you have. As long as you have what you need, you're going to have no issues. You can go to Walmart, buy everything you need right now to enjoy yourself and do just as good as these, you know, superstar Instagram social influencers that have these million dollar rigs. I mean, I promise you, start out simple and you're going to find what you think is important to you. But like I said, this list, I definitely think is a pretty good list. And there's some things on here that you really need to think twice about bringing with you or having or planning for. But I hope this might help you out. I know it helps me out just thinking about this, making this list. Uh, it's a good checklist to have before you leave for your trip. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. I know, uh, like I said, Sean wasn't here. Uh, he is missed. 
I'm sure he's going to enjoy listening to me and be jealous that he uh, had to sit and not do anything with me. But that's okay. I'll see you tomorrow, Sean. Um, like I said, we're going to hopefully get some more stuff on YouTube for y'all. Um, we're still trying to post on Instagram and TikTok as much as we can. Please interact with us. If you see anything you do like, you don't like, you know, comment, message us, whatever you want. Um, but I hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Stay safe out there.